Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Hi everyone, Amy here. I just wanted to take a minute and, and just let you know, this is a really intense documentary that we talked about. This is a very difficult conversation that Amanda and I had. I want you to be aware of the trigger warnings for this episode. There's sexual assault, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, suicidality, uh, religious trauma, all of those things. If you are not in the headspace to listen to this today, please skip it. If you do listen, I hope that you feel we did a responsible job in covering this documentary. As always, thank you for listening. Welcome to Little Miss Recap, the podcast where we talk about fundamentalist religion, get all worked up, and then go and punch a pillow with Cody Brown's face on it. I support this. We need, <laughs> we need, I don't want any of these faces in my world, but we need pillows with them to be Yeah. Them. Yeah. Just pillows of like, maybe just their torso so we don't have to look at their face. I don't want to look at any of these men's faces. They're yeah. they all gross faces. Guys, I'm Amy Archer. I'm here with my co-host, Amanda lipnack Radell, and together we are dissecting and diving into let us pray a ministry of scandals mm-hmm. i also liked in the title card i don't know if you picked up on it the cross was upside down oh no i didn't pick up on it yeah it's a great title it is a great title and i liked how they did like the you know what we call the black screen of death mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's over like what looks like a, a bible a bible yeah mm-hmm. yeah so if you haven't heard part one, go back because you're doing this out of order. Right. Um, Amanda guided us through what I call the list of heinous crimes right. committed by these scumbags. We get more heinous crimes in three, but four is when mm-hmm. everything gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is a little bit of a, a, a conclusion to that. And we're mm-hmm. going to start with um, episode three, which is called chapter three, the get right room. Again, trigger warning, sexual assault, abuse, emotional, physical, everything. I'll put it all at the beginning of this episode, but all the abuse. Everything. Yeah. Religious trauma. Religious, Religious trauma. trauma. It's everything. Mm-hmm. So we didn't talk about Eric Squizar- Squizinski, Squizarski. Yeah. How do you say his name? I don't know how you say his last name. But he's a podcaster. Now you've said you've listened to him. What is his Have. podcast? It's called Preacher Boys. Uh, and and he's a former member, right? He's a former, he was a former IV, IFP kid. IFB? IFB, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, IFB. I was getting IBLP and I, I know. All these stupid initials. So he was a member of the church as a kid. He grew up in it. He's the badass who's wearing a t-shirt that says purity culture is rape culture. Like, love it. Love Love him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I, as I said to you before we recorded, I think I found him through the podcast Mormon Stories, which is okay. by John DeLynn, 
who's mm-hmm. been on a little bit culty a lot. And sometimes he gets pulled into documentaries and stuff about cults. Mm. Uh, and he has this podcast, Mormon Stories, where he's telling former LDS stories about the abuse that they all went through. And sometimes, like, he had Sarah Nippy from a little bit culty slash Nexium yeah. on his podcast. Yeah. Like, there's, there's like a group of these people that like show up in all of these podcasts. Like Yanyel Yalich that was at what was in uh Twin Flame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like she's someone who shows up all the time. To- like there's a yeah. cast of characters to do, and he's one of them. But Eric has this podcast. He winds up having Ruthie on the podcast to talk mm-hmm. about her experience. Okay. I want to go Ruthie's back and listen fantastic. to that. Fantastic. Love her. Um Love her so Yeah, much. I really like this guy. I would love to score an interview with him. Mm, see I what should we can reach do. out and see what we can do. Yeah. Um I'm thinking for our our little Miss Recap extra tier, a little bit culty, that maybe we should do, what is it, Keep Sweet? Ah, Keep Sweet, Pray and that Obey. That was tough. That, that was, was tough. Yeah, we could totally do that. Yeah, that would be, that would be something good to get and into. And then, then we can realize that Gary the Bachelor, Golden Bachelor, does sound a bit like Warren Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Not good. All right. So just to refresh your memory, the main players here, there's a lot of minor players, but the mm-hmm. main players are Ruthie Heiler. Her abusers, Aaron Willand, Kathy Durbin, her abusers, Paul Fox, Nanette Miles will meet in this one, whose abuser mm-hmm. is David Hiles, and then April and Rachel Peach. April, I don't know her last name, Rachel Avila. Peach. Avila, thank you. Yeah. Their uh, rapist is Victor Montiero. Right, who is so. Kathy's brother-in-law. Yep. So now we're going to meet Amanda Householder. So Amanda Householder is... <sighs> She's fascinating. I want to say she's maybe 30. Like she's, she's pretty young. young. Yeah. She's young. Todd came in while I was watching this. I was watching this while I was baking and cooking yesterday in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, what's going on with this girl? I mean, she's got like wacky hair. She's got a nose mm-hmm. ring, like a lot of tattoos. And I'm like, this woman has been through hell and back. She's been through hell and she's a fucking hero. She is. Again. She's a fucking badass. So her parents are the owners of Circle of Hope Ranch and Boarding School. So apparently we get into the parenting philosophy and Amanda says she would be beaten every day after church. And she said, my sister and I, like my brother, whatever, we'd be upstairs like recovering from our severe beatings. And mom and dad would be like, ha, 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 like watching Letterman. And they didn't give a fuck. Mm -mm. Watching Letterman. Listen to me. What am I, 107? I so, love David Letterman back in the day. Yeah. So eventually grandma calls um, CPS and Amanda was so brainwashed. She says that she denied there was anything happening because mm-hmm. she believed that this was God's will. Yep. She's <sighs> fucked if she does anything. Yeah. And so now we have the voice of Eric, the podcaster. He says, and, and we touched on this in, in our first episode of this coverage, the independent Baptists are but biblical fundamentalists. They believe in the King James Bible, like Amanda said. Any other version is corrupt, and it's so inaccessible in its language. So without the guidance of a pastor or an English major, mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to understand, and that allows for manipulation. Absolutely. Of course. So now we see a little bit of Jack Hiles. Don't forget Jack Hiles, the big the piece of, of shit. Mm-hmm. He says, you need a belt or a paddle. That's a number one tool for every parent. Mm. And he wrote a book in 1979 called How to Rear Your Infant. Uh-huh. This, yeah. Again, guys, you know what to do. This is probably on Amazon. Get out there. Tank the mm. reviews. Let's do it. This is like the um, training that they did in the IBLP where they would like take a toddler and put like their toy outside of the blank, yes. the blanket training thing. This yes. is the same thing. Yes. So he says the book describes that you have to spank your child to keep it in line even as an infant sure let me tell you something fuck let me tell you something i raised two infants i had two at one time Mm -hmm. spanking them would have made it a lot worse (laughs) (laughs) if if your baby's crying already don't spank it don't more crying (laughs) guess what more crying is gonna happen well i mean cody brown did teach us we need to uh raise our babies to respect us that's true that's true that's true. Amanda's parents moved to Missouri so that her dad could work at Agape Boarding School. And Agape was like 200 acres. They had camels. They had horses. They had, like, it was a fun petting zoo. And their motto, are you ready for this, is at Agape, we lovingly 
patiently and biblically. Teach your child the importance of submission to authority. Jesus Christ. How? They're, they're not even trying to, I mean, they're not even, they're not they're even not trying even to hide the quiet part out loud. Yeah. It's they're just saying the quiet part out loud. Yep. Yeah. So Amanda, oh, so now we have a second Amanda. I'm calling right. her Amanda too. Okay. So Amanda too got married and her husband got a job at Agape. So now mm-hmm. she's, you know, her husband's working there. Amanda one's parents are working there. Eric tells us, Eric the podcaster, that the goal is to break you down for 18 years and turn you into a Christian soldier for the movement. So think about like the products of this kind of rearing are people like the Platts. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind the Platt children were not spanked. Uh, you can't convince me. Oh, they were beaten, yes. I'm sure, yep. on a regular yep. basis. Yep. Allegedly. Kim, allegedly. Kim, allegedly. Kim, <laughs> I buy that. A, buy that in a heartbeat so now we have lester roloff lester roloff eric tells us started the troubled teen industry within the ifb community he Mm. took the concept of teen homes and he christianized them what could Mm. go wrong amanda oh this sounds like a Mm -hmm. recipe for a great experience for children yep so he he opens these roloff schools Mm -hmm. and eventually There's some lawsuits. Texas, for example, wants to shut him down because they say, which Texas Texas? wants to shut him down? Right. Um, They want him. For Texas? (laughs) If it's so bad, Texas is like, oh, no. Mm -mm. Yes. Yes. Texas is like, you need a license for these schools. (laughs) Right. They take it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court rules, it falls under freedom of religion. And guess what? No license required. Right, which is fucking terrifying. Wow. Okay, so now we go to Kathy Durbin. And of mm-hmm. course, she spent time in one of these schools. Of course she did. So they're they're often billed as like boarding schools. Mm-hmm. You know, your children go to live there, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So Victory Christian Academy is where Kathy Durbin spent her time. And it's in California. And she says, it's like a prison. There's a 15-foot oh. fence around it. It's alarmed. They have dogs. But she says what's even scarier is it's like an unregulated prison. Right. Like nobody's watching these people. No, no, no one gives a shit. Mm-mm. Okay. So she says your voice is taken away immediately. Yep. Like you're not allowed to, literally, you're not allowed to talk, but you're also not allowed to contact your parents. Nothing. She says, Boys did the manual labor, and Amanda, one, tells us girls were building shit, and they were also doing the hay bucking. They would hay buck Mm. out in the sun for hours and hours, and they were basically taught that you had to be feminine, and you had to be a perfect girl. Yep. Um, Kathy Durbin tells us there were girls trying to slit their wrists in the showers all the time with the little plastic razors. With those daisy razors. Do you remember those that were circles? Yeah. I always wanted those razors because I thought they were cool. And my mom's like, yeah, they're expensive. We're not doing that. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. These people had no degrees, no qualifications. This is what Eric, the podcaster, tells us. And there were kids who were like five and six years old at these schools. Mm-hmm. If this is not child abuse, what is? I know. Right? Like I know. <laughs> Amanda tells us the first time she tried, Amanda one householder, the first time she tried to commit suicide, she was 10 years old. <sighs> okay. So her parents are Boyd and Stephanie Householder, and they are horrible, a real funky looking bunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll just say that. So they opened their own school, Circle of Hope. So now we see Amanda going there in real time. And I forget who she's with. Is she with Ruthie? Who's she with? She might be with Ruthie. Ruthie seems to visit everybody. Yeah, she's with somebody. She's with somebody. And it had closed in September of 2020, but the owner is letting them look through it. Right, right. And it sits pretty much untouched as to how it was. And this is like a tiny ranch house, guys. And it housed 30 girls. At any given time. Of course, there's NRA stickers all over the fucking place. That's just something I clocked. Yeah, same. 
Um, they forced Amanda. So here's the thing. There were 30 girls at any given time. So that was more than Boyd and Stephanie could handle. Of course. So, so they kind of forced Amanda to abuse these mm-hmm. girls and to participate as a, quote, staff member. Right. She was like 12. Yes. She's a staff member. Now, one of the main forms of punishment was to be put on the wall. Where did we see that before, Amanda? Uh, that would be Natalia Grace. Natalia Grace spent a lot of time on the wall. Oh, right. Yeah. What the fuck is this shit? It's so awful. What happened to just go to your room? What is this being put on the wall? I know. Like, I remember Miss Beetle always put Willie in the corner, Willie Olsen. True, she did. She didn't yell, put him on the wall. No, he just had to go stand in the corner. Yeah, uh, this is wild. I remember having to go sit in the corner. Yeah. In, like, elementary school. Yeah, I was always in the corner. Yeah. So there was a lot of abuse Amanda tells us humiliation, deprivation. Amanda says at one point she got a UTI from being on the wall because mm-hmm. you could be there for months. And if you had to pee, they wouldn't let you go. You know, whatever. Right. Amanda very tearfully and very emotionally tells us that she had to punish the other girls. She had to restrain them, which meant like they had to lean on their pressure points until mm-hmm. they were screaming. Like, it's dark. Yeah. Like, Kids would get off the ground with like gravel, like in their face. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where that's all the guilt Amanda feels is the abuse that she did to other kids. And I don't feel like she has any culpability there. At, not to use I don't the word either. culpable. She just she didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she did things wrong, but she had no choice. She was being told by her parents to do these things. Yeah, yeah. She was a child herself yep. who was abused. Yep. So there's this dark room with no windows. It's the isolation room. And there's a version of this at all of these schools. Mm -hmm. And at Agape, it was called the Padded Palace. And at Victory Christian Academy, it was called the Get Right Room. Kathy Uh, spent a lot of time in the Get Right Room. They they relive this. It's really heartbreaking. I won't go into a lot of detail, but it gets real dark. Kathy Durbin says, this is the room where you go... Wait, this is the room where you learn to go along to get along, mm-hmm. basically. So she says at one point her mom comes to the school and Kathy Durbin gets in the car with mom and she starts telling them all the atrocities that she has suffered here. Mm-hmm. Her mom turns to her and says, you know, Kathy, they already prepared me that you were going to say shit like this. Yep. And Kathy says, at that moment, I realized I was stuck and this was hell. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I can't either. She is in pure hell. She's in pure hell. So now we have Boyd and Stephanie back to Amanda's parents. And they're good friends with Dave Hiles, who is the monstrous, disgusting son of Jack Hiles. Mm-hmm. Dave Hiles is 10 times worse. Yeah. They're like, as bad as Jack was, mm-hmm. Dave is so much worse. It's kind of like Bill Gothard and his brother. Remember that they kept yes. sending places? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So having Dave on board, Amanda said, would make it look credible for her parents because the Hiles name carries weight. So they, you know, courted this guy and wanted him on their board of directors at Circle of Hope or whatever. Dave was the only son of Jack and he was way worse than his father. And then we learn he probably killed his stepson. Mm-hmm. Brent Stevens. Brent Justice Stevens. for Brent Stevens. For sure. <sighs> okay. We meet Paul Cialino. C-I-O-L-I-N-O. Cialino? Cialino? I don't know. He is a former child homicide investigator. Mm-hmm. He says... Brent Stevens, who was a baby. Yeah. At first I was like, okay, this is awful that this kid died. Yeah. But then to realize this was an infant. He was a baby, guys. Came into the hospital with multiple fractures in various stages of healing, which if any of you work in social work, you know that is red flag number one. Yes. That means this kid is being beaten on the reg and he's no medical care at all. No medical attention. Correct. Um, So- Paul says, I told, I don't know who he told. It's not clear. But he was ringing the alarm and saying, this kid is going to end up dead. If you send him back with his parents, he's going to end up dead. Sure enough, he he shows up dead a year later. Yep. Of course. He says it haunts him to this day. Paul says it haunts him to this day. We see the autopsy. It clearly says he was abused and beaten to death. Mm -hmm. No charges are ever filed. 
Nope. Nope. Nothing. I guess, you know, we just accept in this fucking church that infants are beaten to death and it's okay. It's fine. It's all right. I'm sure, I'm sure whatever the baby, I bet the baby was immodest. I bet the baby the wasn't respecting the parents. Probably. Cody Brown. So Jamie Hiles, okay, is the adopted daughter of this monster, David right. Hiles. And she doesn't know what he did, but she's like, he 100% killed Brent Stevens. 100%. Yep. Yep. She says she was adopted and David was never her father. He was someone they were terrified of. I'm sure. She recounts this harrowing experience where she was a young, young, young child hanging onto her mother's leg. The mother's holding the sister. David Hiles has a loaded gun at their head and is mm. telling the mother he's going to blow her fucking brains out. Yeah. I, this fucking monster. He's a, he is a true psychopath. <sighs> okay. When David Hiles was a youth pastor at First Baptist Church of Hammond... He right. was accused of rape by several women, including this new woman that we're meeting, Nanette Miles, who I adore. I love her, too. Her, She says her mom had cancer and, you know, it was really depressing and scary at home. Uh-huh, so she sure. was seeking solace. And she was 12. And she went to David Hiles and was telling him what was going on at home. And he told her she looked sexy. The fuck? And the thing is, in a healthy, in a healthy church in a healthy world a child a 12 year old should feel with you know her mother's very ill things are bad at home she should be able to go to her pastor and say 100 support i need help in a healthy world the pastor then says how can i help you what do you like what does your family need mm-hmm. all of this no this guy's like oh good now i can rape her yeah yeah oh great prime, prime meat here prime meat here no one's going to so, notice. The mother's dying. She doesn't have time to deal with this. She said she really admired the Hiles. So she like didn't say anything about it. Sure. And then he started taking pornographic pictures of her. And then he raped her when she was 13. He takes her to a hotel. He gives her something. She said juice. She wasn't sure what it was. I'm sure it was alcohol. Yeah. And he, let me just say, I'm not going to get too much into this but he he raped her like it was mm-hmm. it was bad. bad she said it happened almost weekly for four years the fuck? let that sink in guys that's 200 times that is over that the span raped. of four years that she's raped over and over and over she said she blamed oh. herself of course she did she said she told her mom and she felt like her mom couldn't even hear it Mm-hmm. couldn't deal with it we don't know what was going out mom we know she had cancer we don't know we don't know what was going out mom she said david hiles has had several very credible accusations of rape against him and he's never been charged and he's still preaching mm-hmm. okay now Good. back to circle of hope okay So Amanda hears from a girl who's, of course, already had a history of abuse, and she's in the school already. Of course. That her dad is starting to poke at her. And this girl says, and this ought to tell you everything you need to know about this fucking community. This Mm -hmm. girl, so so you're Amanda, right? You're Amanda Householder, and you are- (laughs) Literally Amanda, but no, I'm Amanda Householder, Yes. I come to you and I'm like, your dad is starting to do stuff to me that I know from my years of history of abuse already will lead to sexual assault. Like the fact that like a 12 year old girl already can identify this because it's happened to her is Mm -hmm. so. All right. Yeah. She knows this is step one. Yeah. This is the first thing we're doing in this line of things. So they run away Mm -hmm. and Amanda says she was 15 And they stayed somewhere. She's not very clear on this. There's Mm -mm. not a lot of detail. She just says she stayed somewhere and she was so scared she ended up having to call her grandmother. And sure enough, dad comes to get them. Yeah, of course. Then he takes them to Sam's Club. He buys Amanda a bikini. She Mm -hmm. swims. He watches her. I don't know where we were going with that. I I was waiting for the next step of like, and then my father started you yeah, know, molesting yeah. me. It didn't sound like it, but it was all, it was just such a mind fuck. It was a mind fuck. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Cause he was letting her break a rule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Almost like yeah. 
earning her trust. Right. I'll let you in on this little fun. Mm -hmm. I will do something in secret that's fun and tell you we can't tell anybody. Yeah. It's probably part of grooming. Yep. It's more grooming. Yeah. So she was returned and humiliated. And she said she immediately regretted going back and calling Mm -hmm. her grandmother. Um, Eventually, she tries to run again and her parents kick her out. She says she moves to California. She gets a job. But she still loved and missed her father, and she wanted her parents. And we'll, we'll get more into that later. Yeah. Now the episode kind of completely veers away from the detention centers, and we go back to Rachel. Mm-hmm. And um, not Rachel. Yes. No, Ruthie. I'm sorry, Ruthie. Ruthie. She discovers there's a trial pending in August for her case against Aaron Wyland. Right. And this is all during the pandemic, these trials. Right. Well, like, things are really fucked up. They're doing video trials. People are in courtrooms with masks on. Like, it's really... Exactly. It brings you right back to the... Oh, it did. I was like, The oh. infamous uh, judge with the cat face on the yes. Zoom. Do you remember that? Yes. I'm not a cat, Your Honor. I can see that. No, you can't. Oh, I look like Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm not a cat, Your Honor. <laughs> so she meets with... And again, I want to call out the white men with positions mm-hmm. of power who do the right things here. Yes. They deserve credit. And this guy, this guy, DA Mike Rolla, is a good dude. Yep. And he calls Ruthie and her mother into his office and he's talking through his plan of how he's going to approach this case. And he tells her he's confident. And she says, and this is heartbreaking, Ruthie says, What if I can't? And I remember going through this. Like Mm. when I was sexually assaulted, it was by a peer who was like a couple of years older than me. And all of his friends did not believe me. Of course not. And it was because, like, I had some details fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't know what's going – you don't know what's happening. When you're in crisis, your brain, it isn't processing everything. You're in trauma. Like – Yeah. But I carried that around with me for so long that, like, did it really happen the way that I thought it happened? You can't trust your memory. Was I, I, like, culpable, Cody Brown? You know, that kind of thing? And we see this with her. And she says, what if I can't remember certain details? Like, it was so long ago. And then she says, when I gave my story, and you could tell this has been haunting her. She goes, when I gave my story, it probably has changed from when I gave it for the first time, you know, 20 years ago. Sure. This guy, this Mike Rolla is brilliant with her. I wanted to hug him. I want, oh, Mm -hmm. I loved him so much. He tells her, of course you don't remember. You didn't know what rape was. You didn't know what sex was. He's like, I need you to know that this is not your fault. I could cry even talking about this. And he's like, I'm going to help you. And he's like, let me, I will take care of all of the, like, how to frame all of this. You don't have to do anything other than tell your story. And she's like, what if, what if I don't remember? I said, then, then you say you don't remember. It's okay. Yes. And I I think. I loved him. I think this is, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Oh God. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. I think this is like the first time that she felt heard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you could see that in her. A man, yeah. a man yeah. was Sorry. doing. That's okay. A man was doing right by her. And yes. Other like other yes. than her husband, I don't think she knew what that looked like. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Who didn't love? I mean, I'm sure he has care for her, but like he has no reason other than it's his job, right? To do anything for her, and he was so kind and so. I mean, he's he is what you would want a a DA. Yeah. A prosecutor to be with every sexual assault victim yes. survivor. He's, he's, ever. He, he strikes he's a hero. the exact right tone. Yes. You know, he doesn't hero. get he doesn't get overly emotional with her. Nope. He's like, you know, he validates everything. Like it's just it's a powerful moment. It's it a is. powerful moment. I loved him. So then they have this Facebook group, like you had talked about, and they've started speaking out, the blind eye movement, and they mm-hmm. they form a group on Facebook. And they're reaching people and someone sends Amanda Householder a video of her dad demanding someone knock out a little girl at their circle of home. Mm-hmm. So he's screaming, knock her the fuck out. He is a scumbag beyond all. He's mm-hmm. he's telling someone to punch out a little girl. Yeah. Okay. So Amanda decides she, she tries everything to get attention to this. So she decides she's going to go on TikTok. Yep. And she's going to post a video and it goes viral. Hey everyone, stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You guys know I'm a huge fan of therapy. But what you may not know is you don't need to be in crisis to get help. See, we all carry around stressors, big and small, whether it's stuff at work, stuff with our kids, caring for our parents, even navigating friendships. Therapy is a safe place to work through those challenges. Therapy has also been a lifeline as I parent my teenage daughters. Working through some of my own stuff has made me a better mom. If you're thinking of starting Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to fit your schedule. BetterHelp matches you with a licensed therapist who fits your needs. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Little Miss Recap today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Little Miss Recap. So it's one of the, and I remember when this was going around, these challenges, and it's like, yeah. you know, yep. put one finger down if you've ever, you know, stayed out past curfew. Put one finger down if you, you know, swallowed mm-hmm. bubble gum. I mean, it's all mm-hmm. stupid shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, put a put finger a, down if, yeah, go ahead. Put a finger down if, like, your dad, you saw your dad beat the shit out of a five-year-old and, like, that kind of stuff. Put a finger down if you ever saw your father force someone to eat their own vomit. Yeah. Put a finger down if you ever had to swallow a goldfish. Yes. There was that whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So this goes viral. Millions of views. And it brings her the attention she needs because there is a deputy now. We don't have a name for this guy, but mm-hmm. he's a fucking hero too. Absolutely. He, come, he comes forward to her in private and says, I don't care if I lose my job. I'm going to help you guys. And mm-hmm. he did. He gets them connected with Eric Schmidt, who's the DA. Charges are filed. There's a hundred charges. And we see Eric Schmidt again, hero, DA, and he's given a press conference and he's like, this is fucking disgusting, is basically yeah. what he's saying. And he's like, I'm bringing the charges. We're removing the girls. Like, he does what needs to be done. Yeah. He's like, this, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. Nope. So now we see the girls, the blind eye movement. They're all hanging out together. They're having some wine and they're sharing some updates. Amanda gives the update that her mom is also being charged, as she mm-hmm. should be. Absolutely. Because she knew the rape was happening and did nothing about it. I would like to go to this little circle of women and hang out with them. Oh, my God. Me too. Me too. They're amazing. She has been uh, thinking about speaking. She had been thinking. Okay. So Amanda tells us people were coming to me and wanting me to speak out. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it until I had my own kids. Yeah. That's a big thing. And I saw that a lot. When I was working with gun violence survivors, like a lot of the Columbine kids as they grew mm. up were not involved in the gun violence movement or anything until they had kids. Yeah. That changes she you. As, she said as soon as she saw her baby's eyes, she was like, fuck yeah. this. I can't do it. Yep. We're stopping this. You know I'm going to cry when I get to that part. So get ready. I understand. Okay. okay. So Rachel okay. says she stayed quiet for almost a decade and she feels really guilty. And she shouldn't. She no. should not feel guilty. Kathy says, this is a great line. Kathy Durbin says- I think it's interesting that we all carry this guilt that doesn't belong to us Mm -hmm. for victims who aren't ours. Yep. I was like, wow. Okay. And at one point, Ruthie calls their friendship companionship in trauma Mm -hmm. and says she's grateful for it. Okay. Now we're going to move to episode four, which is the reckoning. Right. Ruthie's in California to support Kathy at Paul Fox's sentencing hearing. And Kathy Durbin speaks at the hearing. It's heartbreaking. And she says something that just cut to my core. She says, I will never be the person that I was supposed to be. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was so powerful, too. So powerful. He pleads guilty because, of course, he does because he's a little fucking scumbag. And the judge calls out that he has violated a position of trust. This These is, judges are amazing too. This is another thing. Like the women are like, 
when the judges bring up the authority piece of it, they're like, he gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know why he's only given two years. I don't know why either. I, uh, and the judge may have had his hands tied with the type of charges yeah. or whatever. Or, or he or he pled guilty to a lower charge. Yeah, something. To whatever. But yeah, it, it, yeah, it was interesting the number of times where or when Ruthie was in her Zoom call and the and the judge said something about power. She's like, he gets it. He gets it. He gets like yes. Yeah. So ha- like someone really understands yes. what happened to us. Mm-hmm. So Kathy says the sentence is not fair, but she was happy to see him hauled right away. Like they threw mm-hmm. him in handcuffs and took him right away. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what? Yep. So Ruthie is now going to Aaron's pretrial hearing where he'll enter his plea and it's COVID. So they're doing it remotely. Larissa mm-hmm. Newton, the other victim, is on the call with her. Yep. The judge says, you know, I want to be aware that you know the charges against you and that they can be punishable for up to life. And Aaron kind of freaks out. I was like, wait a minute. Right. Excuse me, what? Yeah. So the, they take a little break. His lawyer talks to him in a breakout room, which was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Was COVID. God. Zoom, he Jesus. talks with his lawyer and he does plead guilty and it's not pretty. Like he answers some real, real tough questions. Real gross questions. Yeah. yeah. We don't even need to say it, but nope. real gross questions. Yep. And you could see him, you like, he didn't want to admit it. And that, like, the grosser it was, he was like, yeah, 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 yeah I did that. So Amanda decides she's going to sue her parents and Agape and Circle of Hope. She's suing the Agape Church as well, the church that's mm-hmm. associated with the boarding school. The charge is, it's it's unclear what the charge is. The lawyer rattles them off and one of them is brainwashing, like that you couldn't make your own decisions. They inhibited right. you from acting in your own best interest, something like that. The lawyer, again, a wonderful woman. I don't have her name, unfortunately. Um, Amanda is crying, not crying, but she's emotional. And she says, you know, I struggle with still wanting my parents. And the lawyer says... People don't understand that when you've been abused, it doesn't take away what has created the parent-child relationship. Right. Like in other words, again, I'm validating you. Like yeah. it's, it's and I feel, and I have a note here that just says she doesn't want her dad, she wants a dad. She wants a dad. Yeah. She wants good. She doesn't want Boyd Householder. She wants no. a good dad. She yeah. wants a good dad, and the only dad she knows is Boyd Householder. So what she wants is for him to become a different person than he yes. is. Yes. Yes. So we also see Amanda at the Missouri State Capitol mm-hmm. giving testimony, trying to get laws passed to make sure these schools are licensed. She's a fucking rock star. She is. She is. We see the Blind Eye Group. They're in Wildemar, California. They're protesting. Um, I think they're protesting Bruce Goddard's church. Yes. Yeah. And think Rachel. About think about ahead. all the things that these women did. None of these women were well educated. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They all went to these shitty Christian schools yeah. that yeah. were run by these monsters, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Fuck this! I'm going to the Capitol." Like the bravery that these women have is, I know, breathtaking. I, know. I agree. I agree. Rachel Preach tells us that her abuser Victor Montiero is serving five years after pleading guilty to like ten counts of rape. Like five mm-hmm. years. Jesus Christ! But there would never be a Victor if the church didn't cover it up. And so now they're targeting the church. There's kind of a flip here. You could get a larger sentence for having like a kilo of pot. There are people in jail right now who had like a bag of marijuana in their pocket. For 10 years. Yeah. Yep. And these motherfuckers. And and marijuana is legal. Right. So Kathy says Bruce Goddard took what was left of her after Paul Fox was done with her. Mm Mm-hmm. And she says they're filing a lawsuit against the church. We see them all standing outside the Faith Baptist Church where Bruce Goddard is. And people are driving by and yelling at them to go home. And I wrote, fuck off, person. Jesus Christ. Bruce Goddard drives by them and says nothing because he's a coward. Yep. So now we see Nanette Miles. And again, she's older. Her abuse took place 42 years ago. So she's got to be close to 60. Right. Right. She's also filing a lawsuit, and she says it took her 42 years to come forward. She's suing David Hiles, the church, and Hiles Anderson College. She said when she was 17, she told the principal about the abuse from David Hiles, and he basically said, have others come forward? And she said, yeah. Has anything been done to them? She says, no. And he's like, so just keep it quiet, girl. Right. Shut so up. Just shut up. Mm-hmm. 
So she says no one believed her because the Hiles were so well respected. So she joins a class action lawsuit, but it was dismissed because of the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Talk about limitations. Jesus Seriously. Christ, make it justice. She called the church. She goes up there to talk with Pastor Wilkerson, and he threatens to call the cops on her. Mm-hmm. Here's a victim coming to you, you know, talking to you, and you're threatening to call the cops. She's like, they have a chance now to make amends, and they still won't do it. And she's crying, and she says that's more damaging than the abuse itself in some ways. Okay, now we're rounding out the end here. We're at Aaron Willard's sentencing hearing. And a lot of the blind-eyed girls are there to support Ruthie. She reads a really powerful statement. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredibly. The other girl, what what is her name? I'm sorry. Let me, what is her name? The other victim. Oh. Larissa. Thank you. She also reads a statement, but Ruthie's is really like, wow. Ruthie's such a powerhouse. She talks about how Erin Willen took advantage of her mother as a single woman with three kids. She talks about, she goes, I have, she she said, I want to address Erin directly. And she said, um, I look at my daughter who's the same age that I was and I see how innocent she is. And you crushed that in me. Mm-hmm. And she, like, we see pictures of her, and it's it's wild. She looks like a little girl. Yeah. I she mean, is a little girl. <sighs> trying not to cry. It's okay. I'll be okay. So she says she is 31. She still has PTSD. Now, this judge, his name is George Mertz. Hero George Mertz. It's a terrible name, though, for George Murray. He's, he, I know, he's looking right at her, and you could mm-hmm. see him trying not Breaking. to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, so the judge gets it. He says, the oh, fact yeah. that you were able to do this as an authority figure and provided with the security that your word would be believed over theirs tells me that there are many more victims who have not come forward. Mm-hmm. And Ruthie is like crying. She's like, he gets it, he gets it, he gets it. Someone believes me. Someone gets it. Someone understands all of this. Oh my God. And somebody who doesn't have to, again, I think, I think there's power in people believing the story and supporting you who, who aren't related to you in any way. Yes. You know, I mean, her husband believing her and supporting her, I'm sure does so much to, to help her get through all of this. Yes. But this man doesn't know her from bupkis. Right. And he sees her and he's like, fuck no, we're not doing this. Yep. This is not okay. It's wonderful. And those are the kind of people we need on the bench. That's right. Mm -hmm. So he says to Aaron, the judge, "Um, I I think there's something wrong with you that can't be rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. He gives him 135 months to 40 years. Yep. And he is eligible for parole in 2033. So he's he's gone. He's yeah. fucking he's, gone. He's going to die in prison. Yep. Good. And you know what? Here's the thing also. We know this. We've watched enough lockup. We know all these things. You know who people don't like in prison? Fucking child Pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Pedophiles. Yep. 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 You know you've got to be bad if everyone in prison is like, yep. oh, hell no. Yep. So Nanette is there outside and she cries and she says, I want to, she says to Ruthie, like, I want to thank you from my generation. She mm-hmm. says, in my generation, we were not heard. And she said, I feel like I can die now and be glad that I lived, which is, wow. Wow. And she says, I hope your children don't have to deal with this at all. And Ruthie says, that is who we are doing this for, our children. Mm-hmm. And Ruthie says, every time they speak out, Every time we speak out, it's like we are reaching for the hand of someone who is too scared to come forward. Mm-hmm. And then we get this awesome shot of the blind eye movement walking yes. like badass, all all, arm in arm. Yeah, like fuck this. Mm-hmm. So then we get the end credits and yep. we learn that Ruthie's former pastor, John Jenkins, has never been charged with the crime. Amanda's parents' trial is scheduled for November 2023. Now, I looked and could not find if this trial happened or not. I think they pleaded, but I can't. I I don't think they've been sentenced. Agape boarding school closed in January 2023, largely thanks to Amanda Householder. Nanette still hopes David Hiles will face charges. Keep wishing on that one. 
Kathy Durbin is going to school to be a therapist. Yes, she is. And she's suing the church. Good girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Fox is free. He's out there. Walking the world. Yep. Rachel and April are happy they spoke out. Their pastor, Bruce Goddard, has never been charged. Mm -hmm. In February 2023, their lawsuits were settled for an undisclosed amount. I hope they got a fucking payday out of this. I do Not that money makes any of this better. But but you know what these women will do? They'll take that money and they'll try to help other people. I guarantee it. Absolutely. I hope they never have to worry about a thing financially for the rest of their life. Me too. So they can do other work. Yes. So they can do this work. Yes. And then Victor Montiero was released from prison after serving only half of his five-year sentence. So that monster's out there again. Mm-hmm. So there we go, Amanda. That's it. I mean. Jesus Christ. So I I uh, opened up the Hiles Anderson College website. Oh, good. Okay. Talk to I me. I was just Talk curious. to me, Goose. Mm-hmm. So there are one-year programs, two- to three-year programs, four-year programs, and graduate programs. It can't be accredited. Is it accredited? Uh, Let me look. Yeah, you look at that. Oh, good. You can view more chapel sermons, just what I want to do. So the programs in the four-year program, you ready? Mm-hmm. Bible. Just Bible. Just Bible. Missions. Okay, wait, Education. hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, this is, this is precious. So hold okay. on. <laughs> Under accreditation, because guys, if you're not familiar with higher ed, like colleges go through this process where their programs are, you know, they meet these certain standards, mm-hmm. they're accredited. You don't want to go to a school that's not accredited. Let me just no, make that very clear. It's making sure the academic rigor, now it may be at different yes. levels, but the academic yes. rigor at the University of Delaware is the same at Harvard. Like we're yes. teaching the yep. same shit. Mm-hmm. Hiles Anderson College, this is on their website, has operated free of academic governmental oversight or regulation since its founding in 1972. The Board of Trustees has chosen not to seek regional or national accreditation. This is like, you can't break up with me. I'm breaking up with you. That's exactly kind of thing. Holy shit. And then they wrote, the board has considered that according to United States Department of Education, accreditation is a voluntary process. And Hiles Anderson College has elected not to exercise this privilege by remaining autonomous. Okay. That tells you everything you need to know about this piece of shit. Go on. Okay. So the description under missions for the programs are missions and missionary education. So not degrees. They're called missions. Okay. For under the education umbrella, you can get something in elementary or secondary ed. Okay, guys, guys, guys. If your children are in schools, check their teacher's credentials. We yeah. don't want, like, public schools would never hire these weirdos. Yeah. But these these smaller independent schools might. So look those Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in music, we have local church music and music education. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Media, we have local church media major. <laughs> and then general studies. Amy, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. You can see me. <laughs> general studies under general studies sure okay go you can get a four-year program in being an administrative assistant and the third one is marriage and motherhood no stop it what are the courses under that click on it and oh, tell me please. the coursework I'm going, I'm going down <laughs> oh the credits required are 128 sure 128 courses. credits in marriage and motherhood mm, okay oh boy oh oh boy mm-hmm. okay first semester 21st century missions Bible electives, biblical standards, Christian womanhood, one, English, just English, ministry and effective risk management, Old Testament survey. Wait, what's effective risk management? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's learning how to like deal with this bullshit. Mm, Okay. All right. Personal evangelicalism, evangelism, Mm. sorry, Mm. preparation for leadership, spring semester, child psychology, Christian womanhood, Two, discipline ship. Oh, come on. You get a one credit elective, English, New Testament survey, personal finance, and speech. They let women have money? Amy. It's probably like, don't spend more than $20 at Fashion Bug. Amy. Oh, no, what? In your spring semester as a sophomore, you get to take baking. (laughs) It's a two credit class, by the way. I need to look up how much the school costs. You keep reading the courses. 
beginning cooking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. home management, and women used of God. What are we taking our junior year? I'm not saying all. Oh, oh, oh in the fall of your junior year, Amy, you get to take canning and freezing. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop. It's too good. Oh, in spring semester, you get to take crock pot cooking. Crock pot cooking. <laughs> There's a whole class on crock pot cooking? Home decorating. Oh, I could teach that class. Activities for the- Here's where you put your upside down cross. You throw me out. Activities for the home, church, and school. Nutrition. In our senior year, we get to take things such as counseling women, Mm -hmm. credits towards minor, whatever that means, how to rear teenagers. Can I sign up for that? I was going to say, we we both need that one. Woman the Completer. That's the name of the class. Oh. I don't know what the hell that means. I don't want to know. Amanda, this costs $10,000 a year. It's actually less than I would have thought it was. It's less than I thought it would be, too. Yeah. $10,000 a year. Let's look at some more of these now that we've looked at the actual classes. Let's go to missions. What are we? What classes are we taking in missions? This is going to be good. Oh, missions. God. God bless. Literally. Courses. Okay. Uh, oh God, I don't even know what some of this shit is. Basic homiletics. Homiletics. H-O-M-I-L-E-T-I-C-S. Okay, we need to see what the hell that even is. I've never even heard of that word. I don't know what that is. Uh, the art of preaching or writing sermons. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Just never did that term. Okay, that's fine. Oh, sophomore year, you get to take a two credit class on cults. Oh no! What is taught in cults? I don't know, but sometimes irony is so ironic. Um, practical medical training you get to take. Oh, you know who could have taken practical medical training? That woman who um, went to Africa. She who ran that that uh, hospital who had no medical training at all, and she was like given blood transfusions and shit. Uh, let's. See I don't know that have. person. Yeah, you didn't. We. You watched it. You didn't want to talk about it. Um, what I was forget. it? Oh, God, I forget. The craze covered it, too. Oh, it Uganda. Savior. Savior Complex. Savior. Oh, yeah, Savior yeah, Complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. Anything else here that's really crazy? No. Okay. Let's see. What else do we I'm have I'm trying here? to find if there's any, like... I hope people are famous... finding this as entertaining as I am. Because I'm trying to find so if there's ridiculous. any famous alumni. I don't see any. I don't see any. Oh, we can find out what you're made, what you study in youth ministry. Oh God, let's see. No. Oh, this is going to be bad. I can tell. Um, everyone takes English. There's a lot of English. Uh, yeah, they're not teaching Catcher in the Rye. They're not teaching To Kill a Mockingbird. No, no, no. Actually, there's nothing particularly nuts here. Like, okay, it's elementary greek and church education and counsel oh counseling moral failures yikes mm. theology mm. and application of ministry finance like okay like some of these things make perfect sense if you're going to be a minister you, you need to know how to run a church sure, i guess cool i guess but oh god these people are nuts it's the woman thing guys you me. you just really need to check credentials in everything because mm-hmm. Many of us, myself included, I went to a Christian school. I went to a Catholic school. So -hmm. if you go to people, send their kids all the time to private religious schools, fine. There's many good ones. Sure. You don't want any, any, what's the word I'm looking for? Affiliation with these weirdos. If the person running your children's youth group has a degree from Hiles Anderson College, run, run, run. Listen, well, also here in the, in the general oh. studies, you guess you also get to take beginning cooking. Okay. All right. right. So your wife can make a crock pot dinner. <laughs> so can I, and I never took a class in it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing that, that I want to say, as we talked about in the beginning, what is the answer here? What is the solution, right? The solution is not run background checks on all these people. Cause a lot this of times it's not going to catch it. None of this shit would have come up unless they got charged. And I feel like in our society, we put a little too much faith in the background check Mm -hmm. security system. Yeah. So like if you're sending your kids somewhere and you know in today's day and age, if somebody's associated with working with kids, they've had to undergo and get their clearances as we call it, right? Don't just rest on that because that could not – we've had – 
we had a coach in our school district who was like thrown out for inappropriate sexting with the student. There was, he had all his clearances. He had his background check. There's nothing that can predict this behavior, right? What you, what we need is more oversight. That is the answer. Oversight. And we need to talk to our kids and we need to tell them like, if a teacher is texting you, if a teacher is talking to you outside class, that is not normal. That is not okay. Like one thing that my school district after that happened implemented is they have this app called sports you. Okay. And they're like all communication between students and teachers goes through sports. You all of it. Nice. Teachers are coaches are not allowed to text students about practice. They have to put it through sports. You, and that is all monitored by the principal and the, the superintendent. That's all you need. Like it's, did you watch the boy scout story? Yes. Yeah. Like, sending you know a a 20 year old guy into the woods with a bunch of young kids most of the time it's fine right but some of the time it's not so having another adult there maybe a woman you know what i mean is what needs to happen more oversight is what needs to happen yeah and uh yeah it's so ridiculous and the thing the other thing that i that we did at my church is um in our RE program, an adult is never left alone with a child. Right. There's right. always two people in the room. Yes, always. that's how it needs to be. And it wasn't always like that. That's why mm-hmm. there, there's like, I remember when this whole thing with the Catholic Church came out and a lot of people were like, you know, priests are pedophiles, blah, blah, blah. No, there's many priests who aren't. Yeah. But there's absolutely. a reason that pedophiles are priests. It's because mm-hmm. they can operate there. They can hide there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we see that in coaching. I mean, I listen to the podcast about that women's USA gymnastics nightmare. Oh, Larry, yeah. Larry Nasser is that his name? Larry Nasser. Yeah. Holy shit. He was like mm-hmm. abusing these girls while their parents were in the room. Oh, yeah. And they didn't it know. was so like just having a little bit of oversight mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. spaces will deter people from trying to infiltrate them and and mm-hmm. commit these crimes. Now, is Paul Fox still going to be a fucking dirty pedophile somewhere? Yes. But if he doesn't have 24-hour access to vulnerable children, that helps. At least now he's like a registered sex offender, right? Like, Thank God. Thank God. So he's not, well, these churches may just hire him anyway. But, you know, in the rest of the world, this is, the people, people will know who he is, which is half the battle. Yes. And again, thank God for social media. Because it gives people voice. Like, I doubt very highly that in 20 or 30 more years, you're going to see a lot of this behavior to the level you're seeing it. I think even now you don't see it as much. Yeah. In the 70s, 80s, and 90s, people didn't have a voice. No, you couldn't connect with anybody. So you couldn't find out that you weren't the only one. Yeah, yeah. I say support the blind eye movement. If they ever have a fundraiser, throw all the fucking money we can at them. Yeah. Hip, hip, hooray for them. I love these women. They're brave. I, I can't even imagine what it's like to go on national television and talk about the worst these things. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. either. So they're fucking what? heroes. In my they book. are fucking heroes and I love mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I love them all. Well, Amanda, we said it all. We did. This was heavy. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad we talked about it. It was important. I felt we needed to. It's important. And I, mm-hmm. I hope... I hope the times that we laugh, people understand that we're not laughing at this. No, we're laughing at of course like not. the absurd. Like we're laughing at you know, two credit crockpot cooking class. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the fuck. Um, yeah. get yourself a crockpot cookbook, people. It's not hard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I just you know, believe women. <laughs> believe women. Believe women. Plain and simple. All right, guys, if you haven't already, jump into our Facebook group, Backdoor Friends. We have a lot of fun in there. We're 700 strong. I know, growing every day. Kind of amazing. Support the show if you can by leaving a five-star review or jump onto our paid tiers. And uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. Follow us on Instagram. Yes, please follow us on Instagram. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, I don't even know what to say. It's just, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.